Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I'm just finishing episode 32 of my lessons from last podcast. Excellent. And who are you talking to this week? A lovely lady called Janet Smith Harrison. And what's Janet's story? Well, she lost her voice at a time when she probably needed it the most and it unleashed a drive and strength that had been lost along the way. That sounds really quite interesting. Was she then able to call for the porcupine? If she did, the porcupine didn't hear her. That's a shame, isn't it? Let's listen to Janet's story, shall we? Hello and welcome to Lessons from Loss, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn that now positively guides our lives today. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I chat with a different guest. I'd like to take a moment just to acknowledge the vulnerability and courage of all my guests in sharing their experiences and the impact that hearing these stories has on you, the listener. Please take care as you listen. Today, I'm really happy to be chatting with Janet Smith-Harrison, who has experienced many different forms of loss in her life, starting with the sudden death of her mum when she was just 18, the impact of which sent ripples throughout the course of Janet's life. Welcome along. So losing your mum at such an early age must have been really tough for you. And I guess losing, obviously, what you had, the relationship that you had with her, but the future relationship that you would have had too. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can start with, if you'd like to share how it was for you. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a really important point, I think, that about, um, about the future, because the future without that significant person in it becomes a very very different different future and so the the suddenness um my mum was only ill for three weeks she had a brain hemorrhage which um took backwards and forwards to the doctors um and then suddenly you know taken off to hospital in an ambulance and that was that so I think there was the the suddenness of it is Mm. a thing in itself um did you get a chance to say goodbye to her no, no, that's no. Hard. So the, yeah, so there was, so there was, um, yeah, so there was the no closure, no, no, um, loose ends type, not nothing like that. And my um brother is just a couple of years younger than me, so he was sixteen. But my mum and dad had my sister as a little surprise when <laughs> when I was sixteen and my brother was um. 40, so she was only actually just three. So we had um that that added um difficulty of a three-year-old who doesn't yeah. understand. <laughs> doesn't I've got and I guess you probably just fairly naturally then stepped into a mother role, did you? Yeah, in that in that first, I think it was about protection. I think mm. I think that's what what our focus was. So not probably not on ourselves enough um as because you do need to there's a lot of work in managing loss and managing grief um but there was no focus on that because you've got this little person who really doesn't doesn't get what's going on around them and we were just very conscious that there was a lot of stress and there was you know it's quite traumatic and you try and shield 
a small person from that. So there was a lot of focus on on caring for her, which kind of felt like a good distraction. Mm. But in the long run, I don't think it is because, like I say, it stops you from um, focusing on dealing with your own feelings, which isn't helpful. Um, Yeah, so we just, we, we had to survive. We had to keep our heads up. We had to try and do all the the normal things keep life going um did it change because at 18 that's kind of the time when you're perhaps sort of deciding what work you want to be doing or you know were you going to be going away to to study at university or something like that did it have an impact on what your plans were yeah I I I just stopped I did nothing for more or less the next year Mm. just taking care keeping keeping the wheels on the truck a little bit um my dad had a um he was a he was a a a manager in a factory so he had a you know responsible job and and had to keep the money coming in so he he got on with that and was and struggled with the whole thing himself really um profoundly so he um I think his grief looking back now as a as a as an adult with children of my own I can see how his grief was impacting him at the time you know it was just it it just feels like a a whole tangle of emotions and and difficulty but he didn't cope um very well I think there were I think there were just too many pressures I think you know having um almost (laughs) two almost adult children and and a toddler is is a is is so different you know you've got such a different bag of Mm. um (laughs) needs going on there uh, and his own needs because they were only 41 mum and dad was the same age so both 41 um so looking back now, I can see um, really how how difficult it was for him. But it and he felt guilt. I think that um, he was pushing that burden onto me. I think it was a dilemma for him. He needed the help, but he struggled with the fact that this had taken me out of my life. Really. Yeah. Um, and I think I think a lot of I mean I've spoken to a lot of people you know about the experience of grief and I think it's quite a common um, thing. The whole thing around guilt is very common <laughs> with, with, for for many reasons. Um, but I think it's an I think it's an emotion that's really heightened in that period. So the the consequence of that was that we we fell out spectacularly and um and became estranged so I kind of had a, a year of being there and and kind of holding that role and taking care of my sister and things and then it it just it was like a, a big pot just massively boiling over just boiled over and in quick succession I um left home, got a job, and so became a completely different person again. So so then there's the that's that's a loss of home and a loss of a yeah. loss of my relationship with my dad. 
Yeah, and, I mean that's uh, loss of both parents, isn't it? In a in a way, yeah. in a very yeah short space of time. Yeah, and it's all. I mean, you know, it, looking at it now, it comes from the same. It all has the same genesis. It's just this this um, chaos that comes from. Um, that, that came for, for us anyway from this sudden death. And, and my mum was a linchpin. And I think a lot of families probably have that. There'll, there'll be one person who does a lot of the getting everybody together and that kind of thing. And my mum was that person. She was, you know, had that in, that connection with lots yeah, of people yeah. and lots of sides. And, and it was like the whole thing just collapsed without her then. And because she was young, and all the rest of the sisters, sister-in-laws, friends, you know, they're all young as well, all in their 30s and 40s. It, it's devastating. So I think it, it just became a lot of people kind of individually desperately trying to negotiate this, mm. this thing that had happened. Um, and... N not as much kind of collective together grieving as as can yeah. be as you know that can be a really helpful thing so we didn't have that so it was suddenly then you know it was just me and I, and I, I kind of found somewhere to live and got this job and not got my home so you lose your home and lose your family really so that was um it's a different kind of loss but they um i think the best way i can describe it is you smell you feel the pain in the same place i think that's that's a really good way to describe it so it's it's like um you know that that sort of punch feeling that um when when you're trying to take something in this whatever this the losses it kind of for me the punch is always in the same place so mm. they're different losses but you feel them in the same yeah. place yeah. So, um and I I think I that loss of family that loss of unit that loss of um the 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 stability yeah, the stability and the safety that comes from that. I think I felt that massively. I think I was teetering around in the world, sort of, you know, not knowing um, which which way to not let myself fall is 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 sort of how it felt. So I got I got married when I was well, I was twenty twenty. No, it's twenty one actually when I got married, and then I had my girls, my twins, when I was 22. And so two babies at 22 was. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot that happens <laughs> yeah. in a short space of time, it isn't is. it, in just four years? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it's like when you're young, you kind of just, you don't see it like that. We see it much more like that as we get older, but I think you're just kind of getting on with it when you're young. Yeah. But um. I very quickly felt the loss of myself and my freedom because I was, there was only me, none of my friends had any children or anything like that. So there was um, a kind of that loss of connection with, mm. with my peer group, with, with, with everybody who was um, 
who'd been really supportive actually through through that period of time but they were in a different place to me so that that was a kind of different kind of loss um but very displacing just the same you know there's a displacement that loss creates isn't there yes, it's almost yeah. so it was a, a very yeah, similar you thing find yourself in an unfamiliar place with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, one of the guests I had on before sort of um, referred to it as that sort of they lost that anchors yeah and yeah it's, it's that thing isn't it yeah yeah you're just again it's like being yeah just being adrift mm. you're adrift from 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 what was and, and and what's what you're not what was usual and normal for you so that was quite but you, you know I kind of looking back see I settled down into it and kind of got 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 the, got the hang of it and then I had my son when I was 25 um and when I look back now that's like a little period of time that's kind of got the sun's out all the time. <laughs> I think it did rain. I think it, I think it did have winters, <laughs> but it does sort of feel a little bit like when I look at it that, um, yeah, it was a, a golden time because, and I think I just, I had family again. I had this unit and all the, all the normal things that happened to people. And I, and I have said to people before to ever complain about, you know, life just being humdrum and boring because it's so precious. Yeah. And you don't feel it until it's not there. And I think for that period of time, that's exactly what I missed. I mm. would I just wanted that humdrum, normal, you know, day-to-day um what does feel sometimes really boring. But yeah. Um, yeah. But it's but just the it rhythm. Was, yeah, and it was providing all those yeah, anchors yeah. that were stopping yeah, you or you yeah. know sort of yeah. stopping you from just drifting that's it drifting that's exactly off. it Rachel yeah. yeah it's just that rhythm of life and the and the, the 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 doing and the and the loving and the caring and the and all those things that was there and and that is genuinely when I look back it was like the longest summer for about five years or something I don't know (laughs) just when they were little because when children are little that's um it's glorious isn't it all the learning and all the first they have and everything um and 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 some kind of you know life goes on and then um then when my youngest son um when he went to university so when he was eight he was 18 and took him to university and on the day that we took him and came back I found out my husband had been having an affair which was the biggest shock again again Mm. you know I could say shock of my life or the biggest shock I've ever had but it isn't because I'd I'd experienced that shock before yeah that, sh- that shock had been and it's exactly the same pl- and I can put I can I can put, again if people could see me I put my hand because I can feel where it hits when mm. when that happens and it was devastating and it was um like I say out of the blue and the 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 thing with that loss was that in that 20 odd years that I've just described I built up that family 
and that family included his family. So his mum, you know, was like a mum to me and his yeah. dad. And, and and you find yourself in this situation. And I think I think this loss often gets overlooked. So when when a couple um uh, separate, divorce, the the that wider network, family, yeah. friends, that loss can be can can be really tough to deal with because you I guess possibly even bigger than the loss of the actual relationship itself yeah. potentially yeah because it's it's I think partly partly because it's unseen partly because yeah. it's not recognized or or factored in you know very people very focused on the 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 two parties and and the children and any children yeah I mean my mine were um, older at this stage you know which is which is something but actually there were there were other elements of that that the fact that they were older that made it really difficult that probably might have been easier for them if had they been small because they were adults young mm. adults but they knew exactly what was going on and and they were hurt and disappointed and devastated and all those other things but it's it's it was this loss of this network these anchors that I'd built over this time that that I found really difficult I did find that that loss really difficult it just felt like it it felt like just losing it all over again so I mourned my marriage massively oh I mourned the loss of the faith and trust that I had in him because I had to let, because I had to, that was a gen, genuinely had to grieve that person who clearly wasn't there. And I think I'd say to anyone who finds themselves in that situation, I think from all the work I've done, that kind of honouring that by grieving it is a really, it's a really valuable thing to do. That that you know you, they've changed you clearly didn't see or didn't know but that's what's happened um and what you're what you miss and mourn and long for is who they were so it's a um a loss that's outside of somebody you know the the whole thing of somebody um having an affair and betrayal and that, that, to me that's that that right from the beginning actually that was a separate thing that was a really separate thing for me um to him not being who I thought he was and the yeah. loss of the loss of him as that as that wonderful person to be really honest that wonderful person that I'd gone through this rebuilding of mm. of a <laughs> of the rhythm of life with yeah. you know the the humdrum and the <laughs> and and I kind of now I can laugh a little bit and say well you know I I valued the humdrum <laughs> I don't think he he did so so did it make you at that point then almost go back and kind of reassess the whole time that you've been together then in it like seeing it in a in a different light to what you you know what you describe as being those sunshine years yeah I mean to be honest to begin with it, it did take it did take time because the immediate effect and the best way I can describe it is it was like somebody took 
one of those big trucks that they bring when they're resurfacing a road yeah. with tarmac and tipped it over the past 25, 26 years of my life from that point. It was like it was just totally blocked out. And I couldn't see. I, I just kept looking. I kept trying to find and and I find the good things and, and because it was so confused with well why what was wrong and what was right and why is it gone you know why why am I here why am I in this position and and I think that why I why now that bit where the kids were little I think is the first bit because it was genuinely so I I just enjoyed it so much Mm. that it probably was the bit that I could I could pull out of the (laughs) pull out of the tar the quickest and and I just went from there, but it was a job of work. It was a real job of work to to remove that and and to see the to bring the good back into it and to not question every last tiny aspect of it and every decision I'd made and everything I'd said because mm. that is really difficult. So you lose. So there you lose. You lose the person, the person they were. You lose the life you've got you lose this other members of your family that yeah had these roles that you know can't, it's too for them to suddenly try and be that person to a wife and an, a new wife and an ex-wife is you know it's a loss for them too so there are an awful of lot course, of losses yeah. that go on in yeah. these situations yeah and, the, the Spread yeah. far and wide. Don't yeah, they? it's good to it's good to acknowledge that because I think it can feel like it's you know you're at the centre of the horror <laughs> and yeah. it's all happening to you, but actually it's happening to a lot of yeah. other people are, are suffering. It's I, I I think my take on it now is nobody wins. No, n- there are no winners in a divorce. None, none. So, um, it's. You know, it's just a trail of loss that um, takes a lot of work to to try and come out of in one piece and try and come out of for everybody to come out of as yeah. as whole as they, as they possibly can um, and so relationships as intact. Did you get help with that? Um, I did. I, I had a couple of, um, I had more than a couple of rounds of, of counselling and I had gardening counselling, I had CBT, and um, and it helps. These things help, and they keep keep kind of keep you moving a little bit, in kind of inching along. And um, but they, but they, there's a lot of looking back. So I think I think sometimes that's not as helpful <laughs> looking back when you're already struggling to to kind of look back and then and then try and look forward and see no future is is really difficult but the other the thing that compounded it and made it much much harder um was just before my son went to university when I'd, I'd been on holiday and come home and I'd started with this hoarse voice and I and I thought I put it down to air conditioning you know you're in a hot country and aeroplanes and all the rest of it um so I just thought it'll, it'll fix itself. And then um, obviously 
then this news had broken mm-hmm. <laughs> so kind of trying to fight fight this and at the same time my voice was actually diminishing so it was getting smaller and smaller until somebody said you know I must be so sore and I said oh, it's not it's not sore at all <laughs> you know this squeak that I had by this time and it was like go and see somebody <laughs> you know that's yeah. not meant to happen so um so I did and got referred and and they had a look and and said I'd assist on my vocal cords so they scheduled some surgery in and amongst all you know arguments and fights and divorces and lawyers and (laughs) all the rest of it um and and but when they when I went in for the surgery and they kind of got actually got in there it wasn't assist it was um an area of high-grade dysplasia so I was very, I mean, I was lucky, you know, lucky beyond lucky to have caught it at the point when it did, because it was just, I had to kind of take a lot away, but it, 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 it had so not that's gone. pre-cancerous. Pre-cancerous, right, yeah. yeah. So I'd caught it and got rid of, you know, but it was um, at that point that, that this is about, um, how did they put it to me? Um, we're interested in saving life, not saving voice. So um it was it was done in a lot more um aggressive way than than had been scheduled and I ended up with absolutely no voice so um, oh my goodness at a time (laughs) when you were having to stand on your own and fight your own corner yes I kind of voice yeah metaphorically and physically (laughs) no voice yeah yeah and it was um so, I mean, at the time, like we all do, you just get on with it and you try and you, you know, you, but, but looking back on it now, it, it is a loss that was really difficult, really, really difficult for me to deal with, to not, to not be heard, yeah, to physically yeah. not be heard. And the fear of, I mean, and it's like, I was so grateful. I was so 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 grateful that um if it's going to happen if it you know if that's going to happen to you and it happens somewhere that it causes an effect that's so clear and visible to people because it stops your voice working yeah yeah then because it had happened really quickly then that's fun you know you know that's the best anyone can hope for but at the same time it had completely so I'd had to go through surgery and everything else in the middle of trying to deal with these things but I couldn't speak and I couldn't be heard and the frustration of that the loss that loss of it's the loss of the sound of of yeah the words that you want to say but it's it's the loss of position it's the loss of Mm. um, connection as well yeah yeah and and it and it the ripples of from that actually are quite you know they um socially it's quite difficult because mm. you can't and it was very afterwards because I had a um what they call a web across my across my vocal cords so it kind of there's no vibration but actually it goes across your um airway so it, it it's um quite tiring to talk and it and it would choke me a little bit sometimes as well. So if I talked too much, it'd get. Um, so it was just not not easy to go out, not easy to socialize at a time when 
I just needed to. You really needed to. Alive, yeah. because that's that's what I'd lost in terms of um, myself was um, my person, my essence. So in this whole, you know, in the whole rebuilding and creating a family and creating a life and getting the anchors back in and enjoying the humdrum kind of thing, what I'd lost and, and what wasn't apparent at all until until I found myself at this place was the essence of me. So I'd I'd been very, you know, I'd always worked. So it's not as though I'd I'd um kind of been in the house, mm-hmm. you know, looking after the children, not being out at work. I'd always worked. Uh right from when um my girls I went back to work full time when they were nine months because it didn't make economic sense yeah. to work part-time with two babies. So I'd gone back full-time then and I I did I did a degree part-time when I was in my 30s. So I'd always been very um very focused yeah. on on what I was doing, where I wanted to go, you know, again for my family, I had a very strong sort of this is my, you know, this is my kingdom and we're, we're going to get to the best place we possibly can. So I'd always been outwardly, you know, I'd always been um, trying to progress and be me, I suppose, as we say. Yeah. But what I realised, and I, I can sort of remember myself being stood there one day and, and it was a Sunday thinking, but I don't know who I am. I I, I don't know. You know, can that can there be? I, I had this feeling that there wasn't a place for me in the world that wasn't that other version of me. So that, so the me, actually me, <laughs> was was Janet who was married and lived in that house and did those things and had children. Did you know, and was going to that future. That yeah. that was me. This woman who didn't have any of that, who wasn't married, who, you know, actually was in an empty house because they'd gone and um, and didn't have that future. I had no clue. Seriously, I had no clue who I was. And, mm. oh, what... and, not, and not having the ability to express that no. to anybody or to, to vocalise it. No. No, to do and that must have been so isolating. Yeah, because you don't. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to then try and strike out and make new friendships. Or yeah, when you can't like that, talk, when mm. you can't be heard. I mean, I was doing a lot of work, and I did. I mean, you can hear my voice now, so clearly I have got a voice, and and yes, I did yeah. a did a lot of work, um, and went to a lot of different. Um, um speech and language people and surgeons and all kinds of things to to get advice and to get and I was very pushy <laughs> with, with GP to to find anything and everything that I could and you know maybe would I have been as strong as that would I have been would I have been as desperate had I been in a my humdrum normal I don't know that's that you know yeah, you look back on interesting. things and mm, mm. So, yeah you because know, you would have had you know your husband there, yeah, 
could have spoken for you. And yeah, it, uh, that's such an interesting point to reflect back on, isn't it? And yeah. Yeah. think, well, actually, maybe in a way there was there was a reason that it all happened at that same time. Although it sent you in a complete yeah. maelstrom of, yeah. of chaos and mm-hmm. and uh, and challenges. Yeah, and that's, and I think that's one of the things that I've, uh, uh, over time, and and that's, you know, this this all happened sort of, um, sort of 10 to 13 years ago, all this, all this, all this was happening. So, you know, I've had a decent amount of time to look back on it. And I think that's one of the other things I'd say about loss as well, is that there can be, um, not just not just positive lessons that come from it, but actually some of the impacts at the time, the 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 kind of um, as we're saying ripples. Some of the ripples that come out from it might might be creating a more positive or a better or a a, a more valuable outcome than if the loss hadn't happened and I think it's really difficult it's a really you know it's a really difficult thing to to kind of look back on but I do ask myself that question would I have been as determined and pushy and because I was angry you know Mm. and and I think I think my anger (laughs) my anger at the absolute injustice of this whole thing it doesn't take anything away from the loss, whatever the loss is. It doesn't. It doesn't change it. But it, I, th- I found it really valuable to reflect on. Well, actually, you know, for me, did <laughs> did my righteous indignation at, at that at, at this situation push me to find solutions? Which was one of the speech and language therapists had a this research from Finland around blowing bubbles in a bottle which actually is the was the um therapy that helped the most with getting my voice back so um you know there's 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 a little reflection point there that I think yeah but I guess with with not being able to make yourself heard that that really came down I mean that's almost a fighting for survival isn't it it's you know I mean that's really something quite fundamental not yeah. being able to be yeah. be heard yeah because and it's still I think as a as a mum as well I felt very and I know my children were um <laughs> sort of what were they 18 and 20 21 but but they were my children and I really strongly felt this um that almost primeval thing of protection you know that this again a little bit no different to when my mum died and t- and my sister who was three in the same way that there was like this pounds to protect it was the same thing that I didn't want them my children to suffer to struggle to I wanted to diminish the pain because it was painful for them because they they'd suffered this shock and I never yeah. wanted you know I'd I, I would I would have given anything for them to not experience the shock and um the all the fear and pain that comes from a shock hitting your life um but they did and 
my that instinct kicked in. But that instinct kicking in and you having no voice is really, really frustrating. So I think um, there's that drive is there, that drive to to be heard because because they need me and because because I was so indignant and so and so um, so it's it, it that though again that's another kind of maybe a lesson um to look at is okay so and <laughs> I never would choose this loss whatever it might be to to be what teaches me something but nevertheless it's happened and and actually what would what might where might it have made a difference and mm. I think that's something I've thought about a lot across all my life really I've sort of looked and thought it's a nice little game you know how might that have turned out if that hadn't happened you know we all do that but um they can they can be valuable but I think for me the biggest most important most valuable lesson is to never ever ever lose that um essence of you that's inside not not the not the outward thing not the not the fact that everybody in the world sees the, the the you that's you know keeping one foot on the career ladder or the you that's doing all the self development and doing your degree or whatever course or part of whatever groups or hobbies what you might be out there and you might be outwardly doing those things but inside inside that essence Mm. that you if you can keep that nurture it look after it that's where our strength is that's for me that's what that's what all these experiences have taught me and brought me to brought me to kind of understand as when we talk about inner strength for me I, I because I stood there at a point in my life and I couldn't feel any I just I just I did keep going it was there I couldn't I, but I couldn't describe it or feel it I didn't know who I was I didn't know where to go and I had to build it back up again and it's really hard you know it's really hard can you sort of describe the sorts of things that you did to help do (laughs) that (laughs) I can shall I I tell you what what the bit yeah please do Zumba Zumba. I went to Zumba yeah oh one of my girls worked at a gym at the time and she got me a gym she said oh you know you can join the gym and you can come and they do classes and there's you know um Pete, I, think, I don't think they knew what to do with me um and so it was an idea but actually for me it was that was day one step one that's mm. when did I, you I have your voice back then by that point not properly no yeah, so no, I suppose I at still... least dancing perhaps gave yeah. you a way of expressing and ex- yourself yeah. and movement and, and connecting yeah. with people without necessarily yeah. having to yeah talk to them yeah there were there were, there were people there there was music exercise which is you know so much evidence about the difference that exercise makes mm. to your mood to 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 your mental state to you know to sort of managing your emotions and it really did I think I think it was um my savior <laughs> saved saved by Zumba 
um, and lots of other classes, the yoga and Pilates and things like that. Um, but it did, you know, there are people there and it's somewhere to go and it's something to focus on. And I did look and I danced a lot when I was younger. So it was nice to to kind of reconnect with that. Mm. Um, and and that's where I started. But it took a lot of work. And I was I was raw and empty and I had no self-esteem and I had no self-confidence and I had I had none of the things that um that you need really to kind of operate (laughs) on a a happy and successful basis. And I look at it now and think, actually, there's so much focus on, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, as women, having children, going to work, you know, first of all, you think they thought we could have it all. And then they told us we couldn't have any of it. And I, and I think, I think you can. I think I think I think we can have it all. But we can give ourselves away in the process. I think that that that's the lesson. We can we can work and we can um run businesses and we can be um brilliant mums or not if we choose not to be. We can we can have animals, you know, that that we can have uh, brilliant holidays and friends. We can do all those things so long as we don't lose our soul, lose the essence of us in the process. And I think a lot of that comes from overgiving, yeah. over-caring, over-people-pleasing, um, kind of all, all that range of things that... Um, boundaries is coming to mind (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I didn't know what they were I didn't know what boundaries were if I'm if I'm being really honest because you asked me about therapy and and I had had bouts of therapy of different kinds and it wasn't until I had coaching I had some coaching um right at the beginning of um lockdown and I thought Oh my goodness, this, this, because it's very forward looking. And a lot of, a lot of what, a lot of what I'm talking about now and the way I'm describing it and how I've kind of got a handle on it came from doing that, came from being able to take a forward look um, rather than dwelling on the the kind of what happened and who said what. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of detail of it. It's 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 almost allowed me to lift up and get more of a helicopter view. Um and and that's where this concept of boundaries, <laughs> exactly as you've just done, I think I'm describing it. And and the coach said, um yeah, we'll start with some work on boundaries. And I'd have it the concept explained to me mm. because I did because I just didn't it you know I didn't see that um the end of the end of me and the beginning of other people I just had a and I and I you know looking back I could see you go through these losses and there's a your survival instinct is what keeps you going because that's why we've got it and um and so you do what what feels like it needs to be done because it's about being safe and it's about yes, yeah. um dealing I was dealing with fear most mm. of the time rather than boundaries or anything um 
that, that and was I guess in that scenario where you're when you're in a fearful situation whatever that might be if you don't have a strong handle of your own self of your essence then but I mean even if you do you're you know it's surprising what you do when you're trying to just keep yourself safe isn't it yeah yeah I mean we are we are amazing and that mechanism is you know is is well thank goodness we've got it yeah yeah but but we kind of don't need it at the level that it operates at into you know yeah in yeah. life today we, we're not we don't live in 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 those prehistoric times but where we've been chased by tigers and woolly mammoths and things but that's how our brains operate mm. and yeah you you your brain and your body go into that place and I think I was just there <laughs> for a lot of years you know yeah. for a lot of years and and on on the one hand, you sort of think, well, thank goodness for that, because because and I do, I step back sometimes and I look at my family, and I've got three children, and I've got seven grandchildren, oh. and they are phenomenal, phenomenal humans, and I kind of go, I did that, you know. So thank goodness for that survival instinct and yeah. and, and and the the fact that we've got it. But I, I guess paid now it. you've. You've sorry to interject. You've you've got your family unit, but it's on your terms, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously it's on their terms as well, but it's yeah, it's you created. Yeah. This and 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 I've genuinely done that. I I, I kind of take that sort of step back and think, wow, you know, yes, there's all this loss, but. Yes, also this um, this craziness, which you can imagine it is at times, but <laughs> but it but it's it's it was it was a high price. There's there's a high price that you can pay for that if you're not if you're not focused on you and focused and aware. I think that's it. You know, it's aware. We just don't have we're not we just don't have the awareness that this piece of there's this piece of us inside we're very aware of keeping your career going and yeah. you know mm -hmm. so you know getting the highest qualification you can and earning money and doing you know getting a brilliant business all that outwards I guess as I said before that all that outward stuff mm. we're really aware of and we fight like mad for our right to to be able to do that and I think what I'm saying is my biggest lesson is we need to be fighting just as hard for that bit inside of us to 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 retain it to um keep hold of it to love it to nurture it um you know so much talk about self love you know and um which is which is and self care very very important but it's yeah. it's not just bubble baths is it it's no, it's and 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 you know it's deeper than that isn't it it is and i think i think that's had I had any concept of the if I'd understood that that was a part of how I created the best life possible for me and my family, I'd have had a much bigger focus on it. But mm. but we don't. So, you know, from 
for me, that's um, that's the bit that I take out of all of my life up to now, and and will keep banging that drum. <laughs> will keep yeah, saying because, it to as many people as I can. Because if you're not if you're not aware of something, so if it's yeah. not kind of occurring in other people within your mm-hmm. um, within your network, then why would you? find out about it and until you're in this position of actually you know you this is now a a survival thing kicking in and actually I've got to I've got to start working this stuff out and then and then you start exploring into to what needs to do and then it kind of opens up this whole whole world of uh, yeah and we talk about kindness you know we put things like care and kindness and and self-care and um we 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 kind of they live in this fluffy place that's sometimes people see it as weakness you know kindness often is seen as weakness care is but actually it isn't it isn't it you know it takes a lot of you want to be super tough to keep that to keep that essence of you that yeah. takes a lot of work. That's that's you've got to be a really strong person to hold those boundaries and make all these other things happen, as well as hold on to that the 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 integrity that's you. Yes. Yeah. Because that's where your strength comes from. So it's where your strength is, and it's where your strength will come from. So I personally don't see anything weak or, you know too emotional I think is the other thing Mm. (laughs) people see it as kind of living in that world of emotions but yeah I I would say you need that as much as you need you know your job and your salary and and a network of friends to negotiate loss and to negotiate the fallout from all these different kinds of losses if you can be that strong in your person and hold on to that essence of you you plus all these other things you you are a force to be reckoned with then and yeah that I think that's the message I want to get out to lots of women and help them to hold on to it or or build it back up yeah so since having that initial coaching then back in 2020 mm-hmm. you then went and trained as a coach yeah, yeah. Yes. and so now you're helping yeah other yes. women do that yeah. that's fantastic that's what, yeah that's that's and and I think that's um the 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 kind of lesson for me is that you can you can build back up from it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how far down that spiral mm. you've gone that you know, you, you the essence is there, yeah. But you've you've got to be aware of it, and you've got to know that you've lost it, and then you've got yeah. to be in the right environment with the right people to pull it back up again. And so, whether it's bringing that awareness in, you know, helping some other woman see that boundaries are a thing, yes, yeah, <laughs> and holding yeah. them can is like is for, you know is one of the, one of the main ways that you can start to build that real center of yourself back up again um so yeah that's what I'm um 
hoping to do more and more of I think is the right way to put it so um, and that's and that's my philosophy that sits underneath what I do so Mm. well what I'll do is um I'll pop a link of how people can connect with you in the the show notes if um if someone's listening to you know all the wisdom that you're sharing and and can relate to maybe the experiences that you had and would like to work with you then um yeah yeah, that's That's great and um, yeah. we can spread the word and you know just spread people's awareness about about you know looking after ourselves as you say that inner yeah. that inner strength that that yeah. essence of us then actually it does it's so connected with resilience isn't it that we can then yeah, yeah. we can but then perhaps think, handle things yeah and resilience it's tough but yeah we've heard so much about resilience over the last through covid and through the yeah. lockdowns and 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 resilience is what is what we're talking about but it's it's resilience is ours it's not it's kind of not for the world to use and 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 rely on it's um i think if we can build that center of ourselves and that essence then um it's it's more than resilience it's bigger we'd have we'd have more than we need so yeah yeah so just to finish this what would be one or what would be a a tip or something that you would perhaps suggest to someone they might want to try or to view things from a different perspective maybe if they were going through a, a period mm-hmm. of loss and and struggling and having maybe lost sight of themselves yeah I think I think I mean there are so many ways that you can do that but if if you can just give if you can just give yourself the grace sometimes to take a step back and think about if i was a different version of me if i was 10 like if i was 10 year old me what would make me happy how would i you know what what would i enjoy doing just take yourself back to um a kind of younger, happier, freer, na- more naive version of yourself. Because that your essence is there and you never lose mm. it. It's always there. But, you know, it's it's m- sometimes much easier to see it if you can take yourself back to what, what would 10-year-old me. That helped, to be honest, that helped me a lot. And yeah. remembered, you know, 10-year-old me loved dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, ten-year-old me loved getting lost in a in a in a book, and these are the simple things that kind of get lost. And I talk to lots of mums who say, "Oh, I don't even remember the last time I read a book." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it can be really valuable just to do that, and you might find something that will just a little spark and just take it and find the comfort from it bring get the book get the you know watch some if you if you can't do the dancing watch some dancing whatever it might be um just there might be some comfort or some fun some joy whatever it might be and it's a start it's a start i think that's a really good place to start oh that's fabulous Oh, thank you so much, Janet. It's oh, yeah, it's been a, a lovely conversation, and I'm sure you know, people listening will will get a lot from it and 
and oh, resonate so. with um, with what you've been both your experiences, yeah. but hopefully also yeah. what you the the lessons that you've learned as well. Yeah, well, that's you know what we we live this life, don't we? And and we can't help what happens, but we can we can try and draw the good out of it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope it does because that would be yeah, that's what feels like um, honoring everything and everyone that's been in my life I feel like particularly my mum it feels like um taking that experience and and paying forward some good from it so that's good oh that's beautiful thank you so much you're welcome wow what a conversation thank you so much janet for sharing your experiences and all that wisdom about connecting in with the very essence of us which gives us strength and resilience really important thank you to everyone who supports me in the production of this podcast thank you to jamie farrell for the beautiful music and finally thanks to you for listening i'll be back soon with another lesson from loss